War broke out in heaven. You can't beat the epic drama of a line like that that we hear in that passage that you heard Leslie read from the Revelation of John. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. A few verses earlier, we hear a description of Michael's opponent, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems, jeweled crowns, on his heads. <laughs> his tail, get this, swept down a third of the stars in heaven and threw them to the earth. This dragon means world-ending business wanting nothing less than to bring down God and all God's angels. This many-headed hydra in this story is a, a terrifying threat, powerful enough to sweep the very angels from the sky. But thankfully, as the story goes, he fails. <laughs> and today on the feast of Saint Michael and all angels, we celebrate how the seven-headed red dragon and his band of evil angels are defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. In this vision, victory over evil happens in heaven anyway. Michael and his angels defeat the devil and his angels and send them tumbling down here to earth. And now this story may sound completely crazy. A dragon and his band of angels landing on earth, but I don't think it's meaning is much of a mystery. Here on earth, we know we are up against it. Times were hard when this was written. Times are hard now. The good news, yes, the dragon, the devil, gets kicked out of heaven, but the bad news is he's here with us. So the ultimate cosmic victory in this story is won, but for now, in this time, on earth, the story warns that evil, evil powers slink and slither among us. <laughs> so the notion of a dragon falling to earth would have helped early Christians persecuted by Rome try to make sense of how a God could have loved them and created them and still how life could be so hard. Because the story shows that we still have work to do to drive out evil, the dragon, here on earth. And it's hard because the dragon, knowing that his end is near, is furiously whipping up his opposition. So I think that we understand the power of this dragon image, don't we? How there are threats and dangers in our lives that are so huge that, that they... They feel like they're threatening to sweep us off the face of the earth, wipe our lives away.
threats to our personal lives, threats to our cities, our nation, to the world, everything from personal struggle and sorrow to large-scale crises like the COVID pandemic. So this wild, violent story has its uses. And in fact, it sounds a lot like what happens in the book of Daniel, written hundreds of years earlier, in which, again, Archangel Michael, a warrior prince of an angel, battles against the enemies of God and a dragon. And dragons appear, of course, in, in ancient, ancient myths and pagan stories of every culture and most fairy tales as well. People have always loved these epic tales of danger looming and the possibility of taking arms to fight back. Fight back how, though? Well, in heaven, Michael, Archangel Michael, summons up an army of angels, an angel army fighting for the very survival of heaven. And I bet he borrows angel battalions from the other archangels, Raphael and Gabriel and Uriel, marshaling every possible angel and archangel in order to survive this existential threat in heaven. You know, in the Bible, angels are often warriors, yes, like Michael, and also watchers, companions, defenders, and sometimes messengers from God. This goes for Michael and the other archangels, and as we say today, all angels. I love that. I love this idea that we are being watched over and protected by mysterious forces of good. And here's the most important thing. We can do the same for one another. We are watchers, companions, warriors, defenders, and messengers too. We are individual watchers and defenders, and we can also form veritable armies of goodness here on earth. And this goes for people in a place like St. James Church and other churches and mosques and synagogues and temples, in all the places where humans gather. All of them can be made up of battalions of individuals who want to do good. Here on earth, we can summon our own version of angel armies, human ones. So I want to give you two examples of angel armies. The first one's personal, the other one's very global. Personal first. Last October, I was about to turn 60, and during those dark days of the pandemic, some of you were risking your lives on the front lines of healthcare and, 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 and uh, in grocery stores and every other kind of business. For other people, like myself, the pandemic was really an experience of isolation. Not life-threatening, just lonely. In that pre-vaccine stage, those of us who could were urged to stay home. And as my birthday drew near, I dreaded the idea of spending it alone. 
And then, inspired by St. Michael and all angels, I began to wonder, in this hard time, could I summon my own angel army to help me face turning 60? It felt strange, but I decided to try, so first, shamelessly, I mentioned my upcoming birthday to head of school Peter Reinke. And during our Zoom all-school chapel that day, 400 students and parents and teachers called out in unison across the ether, Happy birthday, Mother Kate! Yay, I know, that was a great moment. <laughs> For me, it was a great... It, <laughs> yeah, so, and then, equally shamelessly, I told the entire staff here at St. James that it was my birthday, and flowers came to my door, and Father John, knowing me so well, sent a cake. <laughs> and finally, I asked my whole extended family, siblings, children, everybody, on my birthday to jump on a birthday Zoom call, and we did. And we just laughed and chatted and smiled, gazing at each other's faces, and my eyes filled with tears, and I chokingly told them, you are my angel army. They had no idea what I was talking about, but they just kind of rolled their eyes and laughed, and, and that angel army, the school angel army, the church angel army, all those angel armies helped me know deep inside that I was not alone. So each of us has the power to summon angel armies when we are in distress. Do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. And the second example is global. It's the pandemic. Imagine that the red dragon who tumbled down to earth is symbolizing, well, he, he, can, he can symbolize climate crisis, but I'm thinking today that he can symbolize COVID. And the seven heads can be virus variants. <laughs> and the threat is terrifying and real. We need, obviously, to push back against this terrible, life-stealing virus that's still slinking and slithering among us in every way imaginable, most importantly by urging more and more and more people that we know and love to get vaccinated. Because we don't want to reach herd immunity through death. So how can we mobilize our angel armies in this moment that threatens our very existence? Angel armies make a difference, like our food pantry and soup kitchen and Saturday showers, volunteers, that is an angel army. Like the teachers and staff of St. James School who've been so brave and persevering throughout this pandemic, that's an angel army. Like these singers, old and new, with voices of angels. That's an angel army. St. James is one of thousands of encampments of angels, thousands of angel army headquarters spread across the earth, and you are among the angels stationed here in this outpost of God's kingdom. And your angel assignment 
is to watch and listen and serve. Now you may be thinking, mm, this metaphor has gone a bit too far. I'm no angel. And the members of my extended community, they're not angels either. Maybe you don't think that you're an angel. Maybe you don't think that you are capable of protecting others or, or, or worthy of rescue. Like the day I was rescued. But you are. You are. One of the monks at the monastery that I love so much in Cambridge on the banks of the Charles River, he puts it beautifully. He says, you are nothing less than the image and likeness of the Holy One. You are a glow in the infinite beauty of Christ's light. The dragons that we need to worry about, they're not red, seven-headed, mythical creatures. They are dangers here on earth. Dangers that we can face down together by mobilizing our armies of goodness, our coalitions of peace for protection and rescue and repair. A call to arms of love. Amen.